Hello, welcome to the Patient Activation Network podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cavallo. I have with me today, Jack Osborne. Jack is the star of Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. Jack, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Now, before we get going, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I um, been working in TV for a long time. Probably most people might remember me from doing the Osbournes in the early 2000s. And then I did a whole slew of other other programs, in, mainly in England, for about six years after the Osbournes finished. There's a show called Adrenaline Junkie. And uh, yeah, so I kind of, I'm, I'm a guy from TV. Now, before we get into some of your patient experience, I want to talk a little bit about Adrenaline Junkie, because a lot of us saw you grow up in the in the early 2000s. Uh, you know, when you finished the Osbournes, you went on to do some really athletic things, going and climbing mountains and all that stuff. And you became like a picture of fitness. So could you tell a us little bit. a little bit yeah, about what you were doing there? Sure. So, I mean, listen, like growing up in, in, in Hollywood and like, I mean, well, really in like Beverly Hills, I kind of, I, I never really liked a lot of the people that I, that were like my peers, you know, the, the kids of other, you know, well-known people. And I just was like, this kind of, this existence kind of is, is mundane to me. And so after I did it, the Osbournes, I had a, I had an opportunity to go on like this random climbing trip. And I went to Slovenia and met all these climbers and, and I really was just like, you know what, I want to, I want to do, I, I really enjoy this. This is really fulfilling for me. And it just kind of started opening all these other doors to like, Hey, you know what, there's a alternative lifestyle out there that doesn't involve going to clubs every night and just being in the Hollywood kind of establishment. And one thing led to the next and I had an opportunity kind of land on my plate where they were like, Hey, we have an idea. Why don't, why don't we do a project where you get in shape and we'll just start doing all these adventures. And I was like, okay, I'm in. And it was funny. Cause it was like, I was, I was nine, I was about 19 at the time, uh, 18 or 19. And it was like, all my friends went off to college and I just like grabbed my passport and kind of traveled for six years. And, and it was kind of like, I, I kind of call it like my, my biggest scam ever. I basically conned a network into paying me to travel and like do really fun things. And we were like, oh yeah, this is work. Um, <laughs> so I spent <laughs> six years going, I mean, I filled up two passports in six years. I went all over the world and got to do some of the most amazing adventures ever. And I, I saw some of those real challenging hikes and I saw that you got in great shape. And then fast forward to 2012, something changes. Yes. What, what happened in, in 2012? So in 2012, I was working on, I was working on another TV show. I was doing this like paranormal ghost hunting show at the time. And we were filming in Utah. And I, um, I went to go see a movie. And on the way back from, going to the, from the movies with like all the crew, uh, we stopped at a gas station. And I went inside to, as I was like paying for gas, this little black dot just like appeared in the center of my vision. And it was like, um, you know, when you're watching a movie, like, and you see the little black dots appear as they like, as the role, as the film roles change, it was just kind of like this, it was like that right in the center. And I thought nothing of it. Cause I used to get, 
I, occasionally I get these migraines where it affects my vision. And I was like, oh, I, I bought some Advil and was like, I'll just take this and go to bed and I'll be fine in the morning. But when I woke up in the morning, the black dot had kind of turned into kind of a cigar shape. And I was like, oh, that's not, oh, maybe I have an eye infection from like leaving a contact in or something. And then as like, you know, by the end of that day, it had turned into like, um, I said it was like a, um, like a side, like it was like a, an L laying on its side, like going right through the center of my vision. So I called my, my wife at the time and I was like, Hey, this is going on. Like, can you get online? And I don't know, just, it's really weird. And she, that evening sent me like a WebMD thing being like, Oh, this is, could be optic neuritis commonly associated with multiple sclerosis. And right when I read that, I was like, I'm not reading this anymore. And I just like, hmm. you know, put up the, put up the blinders. Well, by the time I got home, which was about 48 hours after she'd sent me that little thing online, I had lost about 90% of my vision in my, in my right eye. And so I did what any unknowing person did. I, I went to the eye doctor and, um, when I was at the eye doctor, he, you know, we ran all these tests and, and I think my ophthalmologist knew what it was, but he was an eye doctor. So he couldn't really say, Oh, this is, this is MS. He just basically said, you need to go get an MRI immediately. So I went over to the hospital and had an MRI and that's when the hospital brought in a neurologist. And, you know, about two days later, they were like, this is, uh, this is looking like it's MS after, you know, a whole slew of tests. And yeah, so that was kind of, but then having that, you know, when talking with the neurologist, he then starts asking questions about like, you know, have you ever had numbness or tingling in your hands? Have you, you know, this and that. And then I remembered about 18 months prior to me being sat in that hospital talking to the doctor, my legs had gone numb for like three or four months. And just being a typical mid 20 year old or whatever, I was like, oh, I've I've just pinched the nerve in my back. I'm, you know, I'm fine. And, and eventually, you know, it subsided. But then, you know, I had, I had problems with like, you know, bladder and, and bowel issues and, and all this stuff. So it kind of started ticking all those boxes. And, and I think that's when, you know, having had that experience 18 months prior with the optic neuritis, you know, when they did all the you know, spinal taps and all that, they were like, yep, this is MS. And at, at the time I had about, seven lesions in my brain and spine is what the MRI came back with. So wow. I, got the, uh, I got that not so good news. I actually remember your diagnosis because, you know, my wife and I, we, we used to watch the show and we kind of watched you grow up and I was diagnosed with MS in 2005. And I remember standing at the grocery store and uh, there was a Us Weekly that came out that had a picture of you and your family on it, and it was all about your diagnosis. They over-dramatized that quite nicely. I think, I think the headline was, I won't let my son die. <laughs> I was like, I actually ended up, call I actually called the magazine after that, and I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why would you put that? Well, and that was my next question was, this diagnosis must have been tough on the family. How did you know, at the time you're married, you, you've got a lot going on with work. How did this diagnosis not only affect you, but, but uh, everyone you love? I think it was, um, you know, my, my mom does not deal with, you know, news like this very well. You know, I think having, you know, she herself is a cancer survivor. So it was, um, I think, a really kind of tough 
situation to like wrap her head around because she just instantly thought, you know, the worst of the worst. Because I think when you say MS to someone, instantly the, the, the thought process goes to the worst case scenario. And so I think that's kind of where she landed. And my dad being, you know, the, the British disposition is like stiff upper lip, like deal with it, you'll be fine, kind of. And he very much embodies that. It's just, you know, kind of old school British way. And so he was pretty optimistic about it and just kind of like, well, you just got to figure this out. And like, we're here for you, but like, you're going to be okay. I actually don't think my sister still knows what MS is. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, you know, she was, I think everyone was just kind of shell-shocked because it came out of nowhere. You know, once I think we all kind of became educated together about the disease and we realized that, you know what, there's so many good doctors and treatments out there and groundbreaking research that kind of seems to be occurring pretty rapidly these days. I think it kind of took a, a lot of the sting out of, out of the initial diagnosis. And was it, you know, at that point, you're an athlete, you're, you're hiking all the time. Are you thinking at that moment that you're going to have to give all this stuff up and that your life is going to change forever? Or how are you processing it? Yeah, I was actually, I was pretty freaked out because, you know, my vision really didn't return for like six months, prop like, and it's still not perfect in my right eye. And that really, you know, because then I was like, oh, no, like, am I going to go, is this going to make me blind? And I was just like, that was something I really had a hard time with and also too like one of my you know one of my favorite hobbies is is shooting and then all of a sudden my and I was right eye dominant and I'm like I can't do my one of my favorite things anymore and for me I'm like can I still do what I love and the fact that it was initially really impeding and what I'd love to do it was really kind of a, a tough pill to swallow did you view going on dancing with the stars as a way to show everybody that you're back, that you had overcome all the challenges with MS and that it wasn't going to limit you physically? Yeah, it was, it was partly that for sure. It was also me kind of sticking my finger up to uh, another network that at the time of my diagnosis, they'd hired me to do a show and then they proceeded to kind of let me go because I was a, a liability because of my diagnosis. And I, and I find that really frustrating. Oh, and I'm sure you can probably relate to this, but having MS and, you know, they, a doctor will sit there and be like, it's different for everyone. It's different. You know, everyone's got a di- their own journey with MS. It affects everyone differently. And then you just get put in this like bucket of like, can't do. Like, but if it affects everyone differently, isn't every case a unique situation? And shouldn't I, the individual, be the judge of my limitations, not a doctor who's not living with it? And that, uh, you know, and especially not an employer who's living with it. So it was kind of like, you know, with Dancing with the Stars, it was like, you know what? I can find a way to do everything I want. Sometimes I have to work around a problem, but by and large, you know, I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I, I myself found it very inspiring because I too have been in that can't do bucket when I felt that I can do it. And, you know, seeing you out there overcoming these challenges and obstacles, you know, definitely served as motivation and inspiration in my life that I can still do the things that I want to as well. And I'm sure that you had that effect on everyone else with MS that has followed your story. Thank you so much. Today, MS isn't stopping you from taking a world detour. So what's that all about? (laughs) What, What kind of adventures are you on now? So... A few years ago, I was approached by a colleague in TV and this woman who I'd kind of done some work with. And she was like, hey, I got this idea. 
And uh, it was initially the the kind of seeds to the show was a history show with me and my dad because my dad my dad and I are both kind of history buffs. It's like our thing that we kind of connect on. And we travel around and we go to all these kind of historical places and and investigate it. And I instantly thought, oh, there's no way my dad's going to do that. He doesn't do TV anymore. You know, he really he found the Osbournes to be a really um, kind of stressful and not such a good experience for him. And so he always had like a wall up around it. But randomly, um, he was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll do that. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. And we just kind of put it together and we sold it at the time. It was on History Channel. And it was really just meant to be like, kind of just have fun and just kind of hit the road and go learn about some things. And I just thought, oh, we'll do one season of this and kind of it'll, it'll, that'll be it. But then we got, because A&E owns history and A&E networks. And they were like, hey, we want to bring you over to A&E and for the next you know season and then they just keep kind of bringing it back and so i kind of i'm like all right cool like i'll keep this going you know and, and the thing i like about it is that it's not like adrenaline jockey where it's really physical and you know kind of a lot of work on my body but it's you know i still get to travel i get to spend time with my dad it's kind of like it's once again it, it might be my, my second greatest tv hack ever <laughs> the first being adrenaline junkie <laughs> but this one's like hey yeah just go on vacation with your dad for 10 weeks i'm like i'm in <laughs> yeah i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you how how your dad's doing and how your mom's doing um they're doing great my dad has got a little he had like a staph infection in his hands so we had to cancel some shows recently but he's he's doing good he's fully recovered and you know he's, he's back to his his, his normal self and Mom's, um, yeah, she's good. She's she's trucking along. We're talking to Jack Osborne, a TV star and MF advocate. Jack, I want to shift gears here uh, because in addition to the roles you've played on TV, you're also playing a really big role as an advocate in the MF community. Could you tell us a little bit about the work you're doing in that field? Sure. You know, after my diagnosis, it was probably within the first year, you know, I kind of started like getting the bug to kind of be a bit more aggressive with, you know, speaking out about MS, you know, and I was like, do I, do I start a charity and do I do this? Do I do that? And I kind of, you know, as far as like the charity went, I, I realized, well, there's organizations that have been doing this for years and years and years who know the field far better than I do at this present time. And so I kind of, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to, I'll work with those charities and I'll help them where I can. But my biggest issue was I never found like a the one-stop destination online where I could, you know, when I got newly diagnosed, that would just kind of download me on like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the broad strokes. And here's some stories of people who are in a similar position to you. And I was fortunate enough to, to partner up with Teva Neuroscience. And we kind of devised a, a way to essentially accomplish that, you know, the you know, we set out to, you know, with You Don't Know Jack About MS to be a, just that, a place where if someone went, hey, you're, you've just been diagnosed, go to this website. So, you know, it's got a ton of resources and information. And that was kind of my, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to tackle this from a place of education. You Don't Know Jack About MS.com is a great website for those resources and tools. There's also webisodes on there. That's correct. Yep. So, you know, I was getting a lot of people asking me in that first, those first two years, like, how are you? What are you doing? What, you know, how are you managing it? Like tons of people on social media were, you know, were sending me, you know, just it was almost, I was getting inundated with it. I couldn't really answer everyone. And so that was a, a part of it. We were like, well, why don't we track 
you know, my first couple years pretty heavily about kind of what I'm doing. And then, um, you know, as time went on, we were like, cool, let's broaden it out. Let's do, you know, some more, you know, general kind of MS webisodes about you know, other people and about their experience and some more kind of educational stuff. And um, yeah, and so we, I mean, we just released our 18th webisode. And it's like one of my favorite things to do. So it's, I have a lot of fun with the with the campaign and it's been an ever evolving kind of journey. And it's something I really just, I get a huge kick out of. And how are you feeling now, six years after your diagnosis? <laughs> I'm feeling really good. You know, I'm one of those people where I think my most kind of prevalent symptoms are kind of, you know, I, I get the kind of fatigue and, you know, I have these weird little bouts of depression which I think uh, I know is the most commonly spoken about, but yet I think the least kind of acknowledged in the community. Physically, I've been really, really lucky. You know, the optic neuritis never came back or hasn't. Yeah, so it's for me, it's, it's kind of the fatigue and, and depression at times. And as we're getting to the end of the show here, do you have any closing thoughts that you want to share with uh, anyone living with MS or maybe the newly diagnosed? Speaking from my own experience, you know, there's some things early on that I probably would have done just a little bit differently, you know, but I, I kind of tell everyone like, because I get a lot of people reaching out to me, you know, when they're getting newly diagnosed and kind of going through that process. And I kind of always tell them like, you know what, sorry, but it's going to be okay. Like, the, you know, there's so many amazing treatments out there now that, you know, that have really great results. And it's, as I said earlier, we're in a, a kind of a, an interesting era because there's so many breakthroughs that seem to be kind of coming down the pipeline that I don't, you know, it's, it's certainly not a, uh, a game over type scenario. So, I, yeah, I kind of just tell people like, you know, take a moment, process it, but know that, that this isn't a, you know, a hopeless sentence. Well, Jack. We can't thank you enough for dropping by the show today. And, you know, we wish you continued success in your journey. And thank you for all you do for those living with MS. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for what you do. He's Jack Osborne, TV actor and MS advocate. I'm Matt Cavallo. This has been the Patient Activation Network podcast. We look forward to bringing you another inspirational story soon.